So you're planning a new colourful iMac or maybe a suite of colourful iMacs? But I think if you're going to do it, you have to get them all, don't you? It's like fountain pens. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> just trying to work out how many I could fit along the desk. Well, they're know? much thinner now, so more than usual. I, absolutely, they're, they're thinner than some of the monitors that I'm looking at now. <laughs> I must admit, we were chatting about this pre-show. I watched the Cliff Notes version. You watched the, the full unadulterated uh, release shout out Apple's spring event thing um and uh i think i'm missing out you said there's a few things in there that i'm, I'm missing so i think i might have to go back and watch the full the director's cut if you will uh to see some of the the extra bits and pieces but there's some there's some interesting stuff yeah well you know when the biggest company in the world wants to show off uh they're, they're not gonna <laughs> cut corners on yeah the they film, spent you know, money it's... on it oh wow yeah it, it's a bit swish yeah um Oh, it was fun. It was fun. Anyway, nobody wants to hear about Apple, uh, as we were just saying, <laughs> although there are no podcasts that cover it. It's um, a real that's because, empty niche. It's a real gap in the market, yeah. you know, talking about Apple stuff. Indeed. I'm surprised somebody hasn't stepped in. Um, although, <laughs> I, from memory, I think Apple are stepping in. Like, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that was in the announcement somewhere. What are you writing with and on? I am still writing with the scroller box Blackwing, which is very nice. And it's, let me see, we're about, I'd say two inches from Steinbeck and about an inch down from, so the typical Blackwing is about seven inches long. This one's probably about, I don't know, six and change. I don't know what that makes Steinbeck the length of. I don't know. There's too many numbers here and it's all Imperial. It doesn't work. <laughs> it, I'm using the scroller box and I'm writing in our Rodeo show notepad. Uh, and that's about it. I've been writing on some legal pads uh, for work and I was actually kind of did a bit of a sort of collection and tidy up today. I had a a real selection of random post-it notes and slips of paper and backs of show notes that I was trying to reuse. And so my desk had just become some sort of paper hovel. And so I tried to go through them and write everything that was needed into one little red notebook, like a, like a revision index card book. And everything else kind of got recycled because it was getting to the stage where there's just paper everywhere and none of it made any sense. Yeah, we all need to do that from time to time. Um, very exciting day. I'm in a new podcasting notebook. Mm. I can hear the applause. Um, it's, uh, it's a Sylvine bullet, so bright red. Um, and it's the Sylvine original, so it's the very swish ones. They're lovely, really, really nice. It's um some weird size. I can't remember exactly what size it's <laughs> um, bespoke, but it's yeah, it's it's um all of the all of their notebooks are slightly sort of off size if you look at the traditional uh sort of base sizes. I'm just looking to see if this has got written on it. It hasn't. I could measure it, but I won't. Um so it's not quite as fine, not quite as big as A five. Um but it's lovely paper, really nice paper. Uh, and I'm writing with the same as last week, so the Palomino Blackwing Turn, mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, very comfortably at Steinbeck, really nice. Um, it's in that little period where it's just lovely, absolutely mm. lovely. Good stuff. Ah, what about watching? What have you been watching this week? Well, we're still watching Bob's Burgers. We actually watched an episode there just before we came up to record, and it's uh, it's good fun. I'm enjoying it. It's It's sort of just understated adult 
animated. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's not trying to deal with anything deep or heavy. It's just a bit of, bit of good fun. So I'm really enjoying that. It's a little show. We're on to season three now of that. And then on Sunday, it would have been, we watched, sat down for a movie night and watched Rushmore, which is one of Wes Anderson's early films. I think it was 1998. Mm-hmm. So that would be kind of his second film. So similar to a lot of the later films, but obviously much earlier in the career. So some of the things hadn't quite developed yet or the, you can see elements of what's in his later films, but not necessarily, they're not, you know, fully developed. And so it's a process you can see, but it's good. I enjoyed it. Um, One of those films that is just very much a, this is a film of a time and place. And it kind of just trundles along telling the story of this time and place in a very Wes Anderson way. And I think you could say that not an awful lot happens, but there is character development. So I guess some people may like it, some may not. I thought it was good. I definitely have liked other films that he's done more, but it was nice to kind of see something earlier in his career and go, oh, I see where his trajectory has taken him. All right. right. Very good. Um, what about me? What have I been watching? Oh, Line of Duty. Yeah. Um, along with the rest of the UK, uh, watched that episode on Monday. Um, yes, well, I mean, that's, it's it's coming to a climax. It's always coming to a climax, Duty, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it's always seconds from a climax. It had me shouting at the TV again. Just, <laughs> just when, when I see police officers doing things that don't make any sense to me. I mean, why this should bother me, I don't know. I'm not a police officer. I've never been a police officer. <laughs> Um, I have some experience of firearms and some experience of the, of the rules that you use with firearms. But when I see police folk just get themselves into enormous amounts of trouble because they're not prepared to do the right thing, I just think, surely they wouldn't do that. Surely they wouldn't. <laughs> okay. um, but it makes for good drama. It I does. Suppose. It does. Um, and then uh, Bitter Daisies, the, the Galician Spanish drama. Uh, now, TJ, I've, I've got a bone to pick with you here. Um, <laughs> as I understand it, there is one rule of filmmaking, and that is that you do not kill the dog. <laughs> well, yes, there's don't, don't, what is it? There's save the cat, and then there's kill your darlings. So it's mixed messaging at best. No, there is definitely a phrase that's don't kill the dog. The audience <laughs> will never go with you if you kill the dog. Well, in Bitter Daisies, they killed the dog. Mm. Now, Mrs. L has got over that and she's now through to season two. I'm still mourning the dog. <laughs> I, I can't get past it. It's, I, no, poor little dog. Dory was the name of the dog. Dory. I was killed by a bad man. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that turned me off TV, to be honest. I haven't really watched anything else. What about listening? Have you been listening to anything good? Yeah, Lord Huron are actually releasing their new album next <gasps> month. So they've been sort of drip feeding tracks out on Spotify and various other platforms. So they have three out at the minute, three singles, and they're really, really good. So I've been listening to that. And then because I've been doing the monthly live shows that they have, which are kind of like a weird blend of like pre-recorded, but then released live. And you mm-hmm. kind of watch this one hour set live at a certain time that's been re- pre-recorded. So it's a strange blend, but. Uh, I've been watching those. There's three. The next one is on the 29th, I think, of the month. So it's towards the end of the month. And it's kind of the final one. But all of those are some new tracks dropped in. So the three that we've heard before. 
as well as all their old songs re-recorded in different styles and weird and wonderful ways. So that's brilliant. And they've then released those to YouTube. So I've been enjoying just songs that I know very well, but in a very different style or with a different tempo or with different instruments. It's just, it's songs I like in a different way. So I'm, I'm really digging that at the minute and I'm looking forward to their new album, which comes out soon enough. Excellent. And talking of re-records, have you heard what Taylor Swift is doing? I vaguely remember reading something about her early album or albums were sold to some sort of record producer person. And now because she wants them back, she's basically just re-recording them all. Yeah, essentially they, she can't get the rights back. Yeah. And so she's gone, okay, I'm going to assert my ownership. Um, And done new recordings where she's tried not to fiddle with them too much, but maybe added a little bit of what she's learned. Um, She's now, um, what was it I read the other day? She's sort of superseded the, the Beatles. Wow. In terms of three, three number one albums in like about 20 minutes. Because she, she did Folklore and oh, the other one, I don't know, Evermore or something. Um, and, and now the first one re-released. I mean, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, to be honest. Though the last two I have been quietly impressed by. Mm. Um, but I, I do like the way she's sort of taking control. And of course, her fans are uh, immediately going out and... yeah. Uh, you know, buying buying the new version and refusing ever to listen to the old version, so that uh, I don't know the full story, but um, doesn't get any any royalties. Um, fair play to her. Good work. Mm. Um, Interesting. What have I been listening to? Uh, Apple playlists keep getting better for me, I suppose, because I'm investing mm. some time in in telling it what I like and what I don't like, and uh, so it's beginning to curate things that are likely to appeal. Um, and some of their sort of box standard ones are, are great. I mean, 90s hard rock was right up my street. Um, <laughs> lots of Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Guns N' Roses and all sorts of stuff that I like. Um, and I listen to it now on my, my HomePod pair, stereo pair. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's quite good. They really are. Have you ever heard Greta Van Fleet? Greta Van Fleet. It's not a name that rings any bells. Write that down. I'll put it in the uh-huh. show notes, but give it a listen. Just when you're talking about that kind of 90s uh, metal, kind of good rock stuff. Greta Van Fleet is a much more modern band, but they kind of, they echo a lot of that sort of tone from the older ones. Okay. Uh, so give them a listen and tell me which band they remind you of. Will do. But a good band to listen to you anyway. They've got some really, really good tracks. I shall have a listen to them tomorrow. Um, and what else have I been listening to? Oh, well, the usual podcasts, which, uh, as we touched on at the very start of the episode, are somewhat Apple-focused right now. Apple, Apple, Apple. <laughs> spring-loaded, spring, spring-loaded, 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 spring-loaded. And they're all terribly, terribly excited. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a great little event. Mm. It was Justin and I, Justin from uh, from my other podcast uh stationary adjacent um and i were were kind of watching it together just sending each other messages throughout it and we both sort of heaved a sigh of relief because there was nothing that that was in sort of instant damage to the credit cards um for either <laughs> of us well you're not gonna get a four pack air tags uh well yeah it's it's apple so i suppose a hundred dollars is it's like 
something you just add to the basket for a bit of fun. Pick and mix. Well, $29 is all right for one. That's not bad. Well, you know, I think $100 for four is probably pretty good value if you've got a use case for mm. them. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, assuming that we, we do start going out. I mean, I'll be honest, uh, the, thing, the thing that I would probably want is I want a dog collar with a little space for them. Oh, that's cool. Um, there you go. Third party... Um, yeah, S- I mean, accessories are going to blow up. It doesn't need to be made by Hermes or anyone, but just something that will, <laughs> will, will keep it secure around the dog's neck. Because if you've got a, a, a feisty little Jack Russell, there is nothing he likes more than being anywhere else. So um, it'd be quite nice <laughs> to be able to track him. Um, possibly even find him from time to time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, listening to all that. Um, yeah, lots of interesting stuff. Apple seemed to be on pretty good form. Mm. Um, uh, it all feeds into what I'm doing with my own IT, but that's a whole different story. So um, <laughs> I'll talk about that. Another, yeah, indeed. I've got to persuade my podcast partner to, to leave behind the iPad. Just, I mean, <laughs> iPad. What, what nonsense, honestly. Um, what about reading? Have you been reading anything? Yeah, I'm still reading They Thirst, which okay. is good, and I'm enjoying it. It's kind of all I have to report so far. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on the second one from the, that famous boy band, uh, the Base Camp Boys. Um, <laughs> and I'm, uh, Work Doesn't Have to Be Crazy by Jason Frieden, David Hanemeyer Hansen, uh, which is interesting. Uh, it's, uh, again, it's their very opinionated sort of staccato style and, you know, just throwing pearls of wisdom at you from high on the mount. Um, but I, you know, they're, they're coming from a position of strength. They're, they've got a business that's been running for, I don't know, 20 years or so, um, possibly even more. Uh, that's always been profitable. Um, they, in the, some of the highlights, in the summer, everybody works four days, not five. Fridays are off. Um, they work a sort of nine to five-ish type thing, and they really frown upon working more than that. Mm, um, when you take vacation, um, not only do you take vacation and be paid for it, uh, they pay for the vacation up to $5,000. Oh, wow. That's... That's really leaning into the go get some rest. Yeah, absolutely. And um, they have yeah, very forward-looking sort of policies and um, say very opinionated about them. this is the right way. Everything else is wrong. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting read. Really interesting read. Um, mm, cool. So I'm enjoying that. Um, and what else? Oh, well, just lots of worky type nonsense, but uh, nothing, nothing worth talking about. What about drinking? What are you drinking, TJ? Mm, pretty much just coffee at the minute. I have a nice bass lager. Oh, bass. I think it's bass. Bass. Uh, it's a British one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think actually I have an interesting tidbit if I remember it. I think the bass logo is a red triangle or at least contains a red triangle. Correct. And I'm pretty sure it's one of the oldest copyrights in the UK. Yeah, that would be believable. Yeah. Red triangle, like the 1800s. Anyway, that's uh, besides the point. I have a, a bottle of bass in the cupboard. With the fridge, um, which is quite nice. It was a pound on uh, the old grocery shop app. And I thought, you know what? I'll throw a couple of those in. And it's it's I'd, a lager, you say? Or? I think so, yeah. I'll, I can double check for the show notes. I can't remember. It's in mm-hmm. the fridge downstairs. But it's just like a normal, I guess, 500 mil, 600 mil bottle. Mm-hmm. And it was really cheap. And I've had it before on draft. And I thought, you know what? I'll give this a go as a bottle. And I've, I've started using the, um, I got a beer glass not that long ago. Um, 
sort of like a wine glass, but more curvy and long and tall. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a nice glass to have beer in now. There's a wee bit of sunshine peeking out every now and again. I've kind of gone, you know what? I'm going to pour this into a glass. Because normally I just drink it out of the bottle, like some sort of like Neanderthal. Uh, basic such and such. But <laughs> I've been decanting it and it's actually really nice. It's nice to be a bit fancier sometimes and have the beer in a nice glass and sit and, you know, clink it with my beautiful wife and then, you know, sit and have a drink and have a chat. So that's what I've been doing recently. But I haven't drunk drank one of them, I think, last weekend, and then I have another one sat for this weekend. So it's, you know, the, the one beer per weekend is... Uh, Living on the edge. exciting. <laughs> this is how you see off the end of your 20s, you know? You really just go hard. <laughs> yeah, indeed. It's a slippery slope from there, Cosgrove. Slippery slope. <laughs> but apart from that, coffee, um, little espresso pods and things like that. I still have yet to try my um, pressure vessel. Sit, sitting downstairs to be used the uh what a cafetieri mm-hmm. the italian style stovetop oh, okay. uh, improvised explosive yep. um thing so i'm gonna give it a go at some stage but i just i don't want to have to clean up a bunch of coffee grounds and hot That's water it. do it when your wits work. are about you don't do it when you're tired <laughs> it's, this is a weekend coffee you don't want to miss a thread here trust me <laughs> so yeah that's on the cards but not not quite yet yet what about you what are you drinking uh well right now i'm on the uh the san pellegrino um uh fizzy water um which is very nice very italian but that's terribly overpriced um i've been drinking (laughs) some ginger ale i do like a bit of ginger ale i've got some fiery yes i've got some fiery ginger ale at the moment which is nice uh, and well, similar to you, I just had a beer and I drank it Cypriot style. So um, it was a, it was, I can't remember which one it was. It's one of the big, uh, Erdinger alcohol free. Um, mm-hmm. And I just had a really small glass and just kept topping it up, which is um, kind of what you do to, to try and keep the, the beer cooler because it just gets warmer in the glass. Oh, and the surface area yeah, and all that surface just, area. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I was just sipping away at that, uh, which was quite nice. It, it just felt a little bit more, um, I suppose, ritualistic in a way. Um, just yeah, that had a bit more of a process than just mm, drinking the thing. Uh, so that was nice. Um, we, we've just had, uh, we've just come out of a blazing hot spell. Um, and it went from daytime cham- temperatures of about 23, 24 to 35 degrees. Boom. <laughs> of that. Um, it's currently 12 here, so that's a third. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're now at 14. So it's, you know, it was okay, literally for a couple of days. And just, it was like the, the dogs had no idea what was going on. Um, <laughs> Someone bumped into the dial and turned it all the way up to like 250. Oh, no, turn that back down. Turn yeah, exactly. Back. It was like, oh, wow. <laughs> there's, a little, there's a little taste of summer to come. Um, so, yeah, that, that sort of. Meant, meant a lot of water was being drunk because I was taking mm. water like a steam train. But um, it's all calmed down a bit now. And we're back to a sort of more spring-like weather, which is nice. What about buying? Have you been buying lots of exciting things? <laughs> yes. Well, yes and no. I've been buying things, most of them not exciting. So we went and got tile adhesive and tile spacers mm. and had a, an educational conversation about tile spacing, uh, the, the the merits of... Two mil versus five mil. It's just riveting stuff. Uh, so we're in discussions with the plumber, who's then in discussions with the tiler to make sure that we get the appropriate spacers uh, and tile adhesive 
So we went and got some stuff and hopefully it's the right stuff that we're waiting on him coming back because uh, that's getting done starting next month, getting a new ensuite. So that'll be nice. Uh, the shower that we have is um, of a questionable quality. That's the one that I have to dismantle and press buttons on the inside <laughs> if anything goes wrong. So it's I'm looking forward to not having to do that ever again and have something that just works. So that was the boring part. And then as I was writing this show note, which was, I guess, yesterday, I was pondering a HomePod Mini. Yep. And by the time I finished the show note and sent it to you, I'd bought one. So I have a, a graphite or a dark gray black uh, HomePod Mini mm-hmm. on its way to me. Cool. I had a voucher from work, so I was able to use that to, to knock 50 quid off it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So it was only, only cost me about 40 quid for the first one. And I'll get into this in the topic because I have a, a checkered past with uh, home assistants and I really am not fond of the Google one that I have now. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably be getting rid of them all. But Meg kind of gave me the, really? Really? You bought another one? Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not the same. It's different. It's serious. Like, it's the same. It's the same things. So this was for me and I was going to be able to listen to music on it. And we can talk about it more in the topic, but mm-hmm. I, I, I ordered this and it's on its way. And I got an email yesterday saying oh it'll be take three days to get here okay that's a little longer than amazon but largely fine that doesn't matter that's fine free delivery i'm not going to complain and then i got another email going oh actually it'll be here tomorrow okay even better and then i got an email today saying oh it's on its way to belfast good good that's (laughs) promising that's closer to me than birmingham and then i got another email saying sorry there's been a flight delay oh Oh, God, I hate that. Right. Thought it was in Belfast. Not sure there's many flights between me and Belfast. What, what, it, what it is, is the, is the HomePod Mini never, ever remembers to empty its pockets. <laughs> That's a tiny pair of scissors, something oh, like that. That's it. Throws the whole thing into chaos. <laughs> it's got a 500 ml bottle of water it forgot to, to drink <clears> before <throat> it came through duty-free. Shocking. Yeah, that's what it is. So but it's anyway, coming it, sometime. <laughs> Sometime, by the time this goes out, I presumably will have it. I'll post it on Instagram, I guess, and maybe Slack. So I'm looking forward to that. And I dare say that if I like it, I may well get another one and do the, the stereo pair thing because why not jump on the bandwagon with two feet? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting. I'm looking forward to, to delving into that. And for reasons that I'll go into, maybe in this episode, maybe another, I'll probably be moving to Apple Music at some stage away from Spotify. So. Uh-huh. That's an entire migration that will take, that's probably an episode, to be honest, but we'll call it digital migration. Wow. Or migration in the digital age. There you go. Oh, like, oh yeah, I can bring in windows and all sorts to that. <laughs> It'd be a double, a double <laughs> episode. Seven hours. Episode 171, <laughs> sorted. But uh, anyway, I think I might be moving to Apple Music, which means a migration there, but it also means better integration because currently I don't use Apple Music, so I can't none of the stuff for shortcuts or if i get the homepod money will actually work because it doesn't do that for spotify you can airplay but you can't do that mm. so yeah. i'm looking forward to using it properly and getting a good good bit of usage out of it so it's exciting but for now i bought the boring things and the fun things are still in the post yeah all right. well that's all good that's good i say i'm i'm told that the mini is just like the the big one much much better than double as good in the two if you see what i mean Yes, um, well, to bless you. Um, uh, what have I been buying? Oh, well, I, I, tying into the topic, I had to buy uh, plug strips that don't lie on the floor. So you 
you plug them into the wall socket and all of the extension -y bit is also suspended next to the, the wall. Are you with me? So there's no. Yeah, sorry, I went to get an antacid from the other room, so oh, I was away from the mic, but you can still hear me. Um, so that's um, uh, that was essential f because of the topic, uh, and <laughs> required. Was it the roaming robots in your house? Yes, and required lots of them, literally just armfuls of them. Oh, we'll put them on there, oh, and we'll put one here, and we'll put one there. Um, it, I, it's, I don't have the heart to tell Margaret that we are, for years, this house has been teetering on the edge of needing three-phase electricity because it's, <laughs> uh, it's quite large and it has a lot of uh, appliances and all that stuff. Um, but three-phase electricity is A, expensive, and B, prone to blowing up, not literally, but going wrong. So it's been sort of on the avoid list for quite a long time, quite apart from <laughs> the price of getting it all fitted. But anyway, um, so hmm, we shall see how that all goes. Um, what else was I buying? Well, I didn't buy anything at the Apple event, so that was very exciting. Yet. Well, quite. Um, it's not out yet. You can, you can be excused for not buying things until they're shipping. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I mean, I'm, I'm on a Mac Mini as my main machine, and the... Um, the the lovely looking little Macs that they've just sort of announced mm. are sort of the Mac Mini with a really nice screen. Um, it's not yeah, and well less ports actually. So there's no real incentive there. But I suspect the Mac, the the big brother of the one that's just been announced, probably be quite tempting because I think they'd be quite pretty. Yeah. Um, and the laptops. Well, uh, that's another episode all on its own. Um, and I bought an extra garden hose to keep my pool um, topped up so I don't have to keep moving mm. hoses, which is just one of those lifestyle enhancements that you go, oh, why didn't I do that before? <laughs> this is yeah. literally saving me 20 minutes a day. Um, Evaporation, uh, that uh, fickle beast. Yeah, well, you know, you're moving the hoses. Very, very hard work, you know. Oh, I can't <laughs> uh, what about quotes? Give us a quote for the day. I'll give you a quote from one of the new Lord Huron songs. Uh, There's a stranger in my eyes again. I swear to God, I don't know him. It sounds better when he sings it, but it's mm. a good line. Yeah, it is a good line. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to give you one that's uh, well, relevant to, to my uh, activities of the week. Uh, it doesn't seem to matter how often vaccines are proved safe or supplements are shown to offer nothing of value. When people don't like facts, they ignore them. <laughs> That's uh, Michael Spector, who's an American journalist. Parish uh, notices. <laughs> well, I have talked about my car in the past, which is a Ford Fiesta, and it is 2007, so it's it's getting on in years. And with the impending garden work, landscaping that we're getting done, the car needed moved out of the driveway or at least be to be able to move out of the driveway and because the car hasn't moved in about a year uh, the battery had decided to, to become a pancake mm. which is only fair given that it hadn't been turned on in 12 months basically so <laughs> i asked my brother very kindly would he drive up and use the jumper cables to get the car going so he did that and got the car started that was fine it was relatively straightforward and then went to drive it forward and the back left wheel was just going, no, I'm not going to spin. No, nah, sorry, I'm not spinning. No spinning for you. Okay. Well, the brakes are off. The handbrake's off. 
all three other wheels are spinning, this wheel should spin. I'm not a mechanic. I'm not an engineer, but I think this wheel should be moving. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I called my dad and he was like, yeah, just hit it with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just a drum brake. The drum brake will have rusted a bit. Just take off the wheel, hit it with a, a rubber mallet a bunch of times, and then put the wheel back on. Obviously. God, okay. <laughs> so I took off the wheel, I hit it with a rubber mallet a bunch of times, and I put the wheel back on, and right enough, it moved. <laughs> well, there you go, you see. So it's now been moved out of the way. We kind of have a little turning circle, so I was able to move it out of the way, and it means that if we get a skip and we get you know, various machinery in and out to do the garden, they can get in and out even if the car is stuck where it currently is, which is good because it means I don't need to worry about it. Uh, but it did put the sort of final nail in the coffin of this car is... A, not amazing, and B, not reliable enough to be relied on. So we really need to consider what's happening with it. So I did the the proper peak middle age thing. I, I'm definitely approaching 30 because I went on and went, what cars have a good end cap safety rating and would give me adequate protection in the, the case of a side-on collision? I just started Googling all this nonsense and you, you get down to, oh yes, well, this car balances fuel economy quite nicely with the, uh, the five doors and... Uh, the ISO fix points. It's a, I think it's a sensible option, Megan. And Megan's going, I don't care. Just pick a car that is, like works. That's literally the only stipulation. <laughs> um, so I haven't bought a car. Uh, I'm probably not going to buy a car just yet, but I am sort of identifying the kind of car that I would probably get because as much as I'd love a Tesla or something exciting like that, something electric, it's not happening. It's not feasible right now. So I'm kind of looking at, you know, not a little bit bigger than Caprula, probably, but nowhere near the beast if we're going with your cars. Mm-hmm. Sure. So a little nicer than what I've got, but it's not a, it's not, not, no one's dreaming up and putting this, this car on their mood board. It's going to be nice, easy, good mileage and safe. So <laughs> the most boring car you could possibly find. Well, there are, you know, there are car people and there are not car people. I've decided after a brief, <laughs> A brief flirtation with being a car person. I'm not really. I really don't care. <laughs> um, but still, it'll be very exciting. I'm sure you will uh, put an undue amount of research <laughs> into Too getting much. hold of this car. Too much, yeah. <laughs> we can do five episodes if you want on cars and NCAP safety ratings. As, as long as I don't have to come, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my spin-off podcast, Boring Man Talks Cars. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. Um, well, uh, what, what's been happening with me? That's been a lot going on actually. But so Monday, mm. on Monday, the so when this releases, um, ha, spare a thought for me, because uh, there will be a man ripping my kitchen out or bits of it. Um, oh no! <laughs> uh, Hopefully, selectively rather than with yeah, <laughs> wanton abandon. He's going to take the worktops off and hopefully put the new ones on. There'll be a hob, but no oven and a sink, apparently. That's that's the plan by the end of day one. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that'd be nice if that's true. Uh, if not, there'll be quite a barbecuing going on, I would have thought. Um, <laughs> well, if, if the temperatures keep going the way they're going, you just put a chicken out at 11 in the morning and come back <laughs> at noon and have lunch. Yep. Yeah. Well, there is that option too. Um, so that's quite exciting. I mean, I have to say, Mrs. L's very excited. I'm just like, okay, it's going to be great. My, my kitchen that was a sort of, light wood colour or oaky sort of colour is now going to be a sort of bluey colour. Um, <laughs> An aesthetic change, if nothing else, except yeah. for the bank balance. Yeah, and I, yeah, exactly. My bank balance will be much lighter um, and 
Yeah, I, I dare say I'll stop noticing after about 10 minutes. This is one of those <laughs> things I'm, I'm cursed with. Um, the uh, the snake man came today. So, so we, Oh, good. He, he wandered around the garden and he sprays a sort of foul-smelling, uh, well, I think it's probably distilled water, but uh, he claims it's some magic chemical potion that snakes really don't like. Um, and he's, he's clearly been on some sort of business course. So last year he recommended that we had this done twice in a year. Now he's recommending monthly. Um, and he pointed out several sort of weak spots in the defences of the garden where uh, he thinks a wire mesh could be attached to certain parts of fence and, and gate, uh, uh, which he's prepared to do for a very competitive 10 euros per metre, give or take. Um, and so uh, eventually um, my, my legendary patience snapped uh, and I, I took him to one side of the, the house. I didn't beat him to death or anything, although I thought about it. I said, look, you, you see this big, because we've got a, a dry stone wall, sort of very traditional Cypriot dry mm. stone wall. And then behind that, the neighbor, the vineyard has a, a chain link fence, but they're quite big links. Um, and that's, um, my garden's quite long. So that's, I don't know, 150 meters worth of fence. And yeah. what exactly are you going to do with that? You, you suggest that I put some sort of mesh there. I mean, <laughs> trying to put fences up to stop snakes really is not the sensible way of dealing with snakes. I mean, snakes on the island for thousands of years. I suspect there will be thousands to come. Um, you, you can't keep them out. You just have to go have it with them. But, yeah, I had to admire his... Um, uh, his entrepreneurial spirit. Um, <laughs> he wants me to go well, we had a window cleaner out today. We we finally got our windows cleaned on the outside. Oh, well, the first time we've ever paid for it. Um, I don't know if this house ever had it done before, but yeah, it was it was relatively straightforward. And it just feels like another coffin in the another coffin, another nail in the coffin of, of middle age. And you're like, <laughs> oh, so I need to I need to log on and pay the window cleaner, darling. It's uh, it's about that time of the month, I think, to to pay the window cleaner for the services. <laughs> Just, it feels I don't, very. I don't think clean windows are necessarily age specific, TJ. No, but it's that it, it matters how much that it, like I've put it onto the calendar to do it feels uh-huh. official, and that in itself feels like a, you know, young cool people don't think about getting the windows cleaned, and they don't certainly <laughs> don't have a window cleaner. It just feels. On the one hand, I I, I feel the responsibility of becoming an adult. On the other, I feel the responsibility of becoming an adult. <laughs> oh, and the other one that I've had was um, I got vaccinated yesterday. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, I've got the, um, um, have the AstraZeneca. And, and mm-hmm. just, just bear with me one second. Dog needed out. Um <laughs> uh so yeah it's i'll give you the shortened version there's a a national health system in cyprus called yesi or gesi is how it's spelled but it's pronounced yesi and margaret is part of that because she had a part-time job here in retail i'm not part of it because i'm not a retiree age-wise um and i don't pay you know, i'm not paid a salary here so i don't pay national insurance here so i'm outside of that system so if I want to go and see a doctor, I have to pay them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of vaccines, this means that I'm outside of the normal system and I had to register 
with the outside of the normal system email address, uh, which they would then acknowledge. And then they would call me or text me and say, right, you can now book your appointment when the, the relevant age came up. Problem is they didn't acknowledge me three times. Mm. So eventually I sent them a snotogram saying, look, I say, chaps, I'm here legally. I've got a residence permit and, and you fellows just simply aren't getting back to me. Now, come along, buck yourselves up. Um, and to my, to my great astonishment, the next working day, they phoned me up and said, terribly sorry, old boy. Um, and, and said, you can go and have a, a jab on Friday, which would be uh, in a couple of days as we record. Yeah. And I was taking Margaret for her jab on Tuesday, yesterday. Uh, and in true, she, her inner sort of Mediterranean comes out at this point. And so she was talking to the steward and went, well, you know, he's here now. I mean, you may as well do him. The steward went, yeah, yeah, all right. Then. Um, and so went in and spoke to somebody or other and they took my details and boom, boom. And it was all fantastically well organized. It was brilliant. But there was one beautiful moment where I was in the room, the two nurses, they're taking down my details and all the various IDs and all of that. Uh, one of them is doing that, chatting to me, while the other one is giving me the, the vaccine. Uh, and then it's like, okay, so what do we do about this Friday thing? Uh, can I get to the calendar? No, I can't, you know, and I could see them, you know, Microsoft Windows was just misbehaving. And Oh, look, we better go and ask, what's her name? And so they go and ask, what's her name, who comes in, and she's one of those people with a big bunch of keys and two mobile phones. You, you know what I mean, <laughs> don't you? And I thought, oh, well, this, this should be entertaining. And so there's a Greek exchange rapid fire boom 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 i'm broadly following it and then the woman turns to me and says i'm terribly sorry uh you you, you can't have your jab all of the non-yesy people are on a separate list and you're having your jab on friday and the the two nurses faces fell and i looked at this woman and said um do you want to try and take it out <laughs> oh dear and she went, oh oh well in that case okay and then just walks off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's kind of the, that ship has sealed and sunk, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. It's lovely. Um, and uh, she, uh, you could tell that she was clearly just hanging on to the rule for the sake of the rule. Because the minute it was taken away, she's like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, as a consequence, uh, I'm feeling like a poo caca today. Um, ah, yeah. I've heard that there's a several people have said that they feel a bit under the weather after the first one, and then a couple of days, and they're all right again. Yeah, it was okay yesterday. We had the job about midday; it was all right. And then uh, this morning, I woke up hungover, you know, sort of achy <laughs> muscles, a uh, very thick yeah. head. Um, yeah, throw some paracetamol at it, and you know, frankly, it's a lot better than getting COVID. So. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm delighted with the whole thing. Um, oh, brilliant. Yeah, and, funny enough, they they offered um, as a sort of advanced trial, thirty five to thirty nine year olds in Northern Ireland the other day. Oh, um, so on the cusp of of me being able to do it, but I think it was kind of like a they were still administering forty to forty fives, forty to fifties, or something like that. And because they had a bit of extra capacity, they thought, well, we'll open it up and see who comes over because it's all done online, so they can quite easily open and close it you know quite quickly there's yeah. no risk of it kind of overflowing i think so they did that but that's you know that's within six years of me or five years sort of so it's 
that's pretty impressive for what are we on April time. Sure. So yeah, it's good stuff. No, I mean here they um the system was set up that you could choose your vaccine. So when you mm. log on to the portal, you could log on into the the Pfizer room or you could log on into the AstraZeneca room. And there I think is Moderna is coming across as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. because of the various scares around AstraZeneca, the Cypriots have have gone Oh, no, no, I don't want AstraZeneca. I don't, uh, and in fact, there'd be no showing on AstraZeneca appointments. Um, so people, you know, who've been in my situation sort of slightly outside of the system and not getting acknowledgements, I've just been saying to them, go. Just go there and say you're willing to have AstraZeneca. Show them that, you know, your paperwork, that you're legal. And they'll, they'll whack it into you because uh, that's where, why I chose that quote. Um, you know, the, the fact that people are choosing to be unvaccinated rather than take the AstraZeneca sort of slightly scares me. Slightly yeah. scares me. But um, hey, there you go. They lost my game. Mm. Oh, no, congrats. That's, that's fantastic news. And hopefully one more small step towards a semblance of normality again. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, our numbers are going bananas here. They're the highest they've ever been. So we are mm. just short of a thousand infections per day. Um, wow. And that's from 300 two weeks ago. So uh, that's a little bit scary. Um, the epidemiologists seem confident that, um, you know, it's going to continue to rise for a little bit and then we'll, we'll, we'll start falling off as more people get vaccinated. And mm. I think as the weather gets hotter, I think that's what they're banking on. But we will see what we will see. Anyway, mm. enough of all this nonsense. <laughs> Let's get Gerald. Gerald on. Yeah. Take it away. This is the three pin plug. The first pin is Stuart Lennon. You can buy his collection of reasonably priced notebooks and stationary supplies at nerosnotes.com. You can read his writings on writing at stuartlennon.com. If you want to see photos of his dogs, Spice and Charlie, you can follow him on Instagram at stuart.lennon587. The second pin is TJ Cosgrove. He created Wood and Graphite, a collection of over 150 short films on pencils, paper and other collected analog ephemera. You can watch it on YouTube, by searching Wood and Graphite. If you like looking at photos of coffee, keyboards and a black Labrador called Blue, you can follow him on Instagram at team underscore Cosgrove. The third pin in the three pin plug is this show, 1857. You can support the show by leaving a review on iTunes, or the podcatcher of your choice. The efficacy of which is debatable. Or by sharing with someone you think would enjoy it. Perhaps even nip over to nerosnotes.com and pick up a few lovely notebooks or fancy pencils, it all helps to cover the cost of hosting. The three-pin plug is brought to you by me, Gerald, a totally normal human being, and certainly not an AI-based neural voice generator. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Such a human voice. So I know that he is a human, but it's just just very human, you know? Just such a relatable uh, human experience that he's he's sort of transmitting to us in audio form with his words. It's it's that empathy that he has, isn't it? <laughs> Not a whiff of programming about him. No. There they go. Live sound of me filling up my water glass. Right. <laughs> so what are we talking about tonight, TJ? Robots. Robots. 
buds. Which is something that I feel like we should have talked about before. But uh, it's kind of reached a critical mass in that we both adopted robots recently. And so it feels appropriate to uh, discuss them. Yeah, indeed. Carruthers, valued member of the Lennon household. <laughs> Mr. Kibbs, dutiful partner to Blue in their buddy cop movie yet to be released. <laughs> I'd, I'd pitched that to Meg and she was not having it. She was like, what? You get, it's, like a buddy, it's like a buddy cop movie and it's the dog and the, the, the Roomba. It's like, but, but why? Also, what? Were you going to shoot this? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. But like, don't shoot it down. It's still a good idea. It's on a post-it note across the office. I'll maybe, um, <laughs> I'm tempted to do something with the iPhone just for a bit of crack and put it on Instagram, but we'll see. That might be a pipe dream, but yeah. <laughs> robots. The reason that I thought it'd be interesting to talk about robots now is that if you asked me as I, when I was a kid, do you think you'll ever record a podcast about owning robots because you own robots? First off, I wouldn't know what a podcast was. But secondly, I'd be like, I don't know if I could own a robot. That's like science fiction. Like, it sounds fanciful. But I think ever since we've sort of had the notion of robots, it's always been like a, how would these integrate with our life? And how would they make our lives better or worse or scary or amazing? And it's such a human thing to sort of ponder our own existence and our own humanity through the, the lens of inhuman machines uh, that we then anthropomorphize. I just I thought it'd be interesting because it's kind of reached that critical mass of we both have robots in our homes. That's really strange and really cool. And I think it's worth a chat. Yeah, like it's, it's weird. It must be. Oh, it's another one of those odd little generational jumps. If you'd mm. asked me as a kid, I would have been absolutely one. I mean, I didn't have a clue what a podcast was. <laughs> most of my adult life either. but i was gonna say that's probably like 48 years of your life you know, yeah, a podcast pretty, pretty much um but <laughs> robot yeah obviously i'm gonna have a robot have you not seen the jetsons yeah um, i think there's a hope but uh, the reality is very different maybe the 90s was a bit more pessimistic but <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i i, I like, was convinced that I would, i'm surprised it's taken so long actually to have um and a, <laughs> p- partially that's because um, uh, certainly in my case, um, I've, I've married, um, somebody far more sensible than me, which I, that's probably, probably fair of you as well. Um, who's <laughs> <Yeah>. gone, <laughs> you want to spend money on an electronic thing that's going to do what now? Um, and so the, <laughs> the, there's a degree of, of, of sales required. And, you know, I think it's mm. fair to say that, um, we both have, um, whatever the politically correct term is for. I don't know, cleaning assistant or uh, what you would call a, a, a Roomba. Um, but my my impression of the first ones were they were not really very good. Um, I think they were a novel concept for yeah. people with a lot of money. Proof they of wanted concept. to entertain the notion. <laughs> I think. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's like with everything, right? If you, th- if you look back at any of the first thing of something, so the first electric cars, the first robot hoovers, the first... Uh, home computers it's always way too expensive way too niche in what it actually can do and almost only appealing to people who are very enthusiastic about this thing and as they become more mainstream as they become more accepted both socially and sort of technologically it obviously enters into consumer habits and people buy them and the price comes down and suddenly everyone has one so 
you know, we saw the same thing with mobile phones. We, we're seeing the same thing with electric cars at the minute. And I think robots of, of all different kinds will do this too. You know, I mean, it, it depends on how you define a robot. Like a robot is a very, very broad term. You could mean uh, a home assistant, which is technically a very narrow AI rather than a robot. Or you could mean a Hoover, which is, I would say, a robot, but not necessarily any level of intelligence. It's more of a, you know, it's, it's largely a, a Hoover with I, motors. I say steady on, a... steady on. There's no need to be like that about Carruthers. <laughs> well, maybe yours is probably a lot smarter than, than mine. Mine is basically it bumps off walls. It's a bunch of sensors that bump off walls until it has Hoovered all the walls or run out of battery. You know, it's not, there's no, it doesn't plan. I can't plan routes. I can't set boundaries. I can't do anything like that. It's literally just bounce off walls and keep hoovering. Oh, well. well and I, that's what I wanted. That's. You, with Carruthers. like that. Oh, no, with Carruthers. We, we had to send him off on some training runs um, <laughs> where, where he goes and maps everything. Um, yeah. And so he charges about the place. Uh, does a fair amount of bumping. Um. I think we covered last week how how he was somewhat flummoxed by an IKEA armchair, um, but he he runs around, does all that, and after a few runs, he reports in the app that you know he, he knows what he's doing, and he shows you a map of your house, um, and then he's put in some boundaries where he thinks they are, uh, and you can add add a few or subtract or move or, or um, adjust, uh, and then you name the rooms so that you can then set up programs. So um, you can use um, voice activation with him as well. So you can say to him, uh, here are others, go and, go and clean the kitchen. And he'll go off into the kitchen. Um, <laughs> so that, that's all very exciting. We did all of that. And uh, it was all quite traumatic for Margaret um, because she was living in fear that, that he was going to snag himself because we have, a lot of blind, we have a lot of windows and blinds hanging mm. off them. Um, and they've got sort of the sort of chain that little hoovers would love to to get snared yeah. around their rollers yeah. and stuff. Um, and while you're training him, you can't really give him no go zones. So now that he's been trained, I've been able to draw little no go zones. So don't go near that window, i.e., don't eat the blind. That's basically what happens. <laughs> don't don't go to the dog bowl because I want you to throw water all over the house and all of that sort of stuff. So we did all of that. Got it all set up. And then Margaret went, yeah, but I, d I don't want it to be there. I want it to be over there. You want to move the base station? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's going to fundamentally change the entire mapping. Yeah. Do you, do you not think that that was something we should maybe have considered before <laughs> the four days we've just spent doing all of this? Oh, no. And I kid you not, we moved him. He came out of his hutch <laughs> off to do a cleaning job and clearly went, hang on. <laughs> Some <laughs> hang about. And he whizzed around. What's all this then? Yeah, <laughs> he whizzed around for about 20 minutes. Then went back to his station, gave us a notification, and he'd moved his house on the map. He'd moved it all on his own. Oh, wow. That's actually really cool. And I was like, okay, that is impressive because, you know, a little bit of Googling <laughs> had suggested that we were in for another long four days as he remapped everything. But now he just went, nah, that's it. you've moved me over here, haven't you? Don't worry. I've worked with you. you Don't worry, Gavna. <laughs> yeah, so it was lovely. Um, 
yes, very clever. Very, very clever. Oh, right. see, ours is not like that at all. It's literally just, it's as, it's as dumb as a robot can get, I think, in terms of, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but it's literally just operating on, it's more like a jellyfish than a, than a fish. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it kind of yeah, just floats and just does stuff autonomously. And then we'll return to where it came from, whereas the fish is kind of out trying to eat things and do things in a, a, a driven way. This is largely just like, fly along, hit a wall, turn left, hit a wall, turn left, see what happens, who knows. You know, it could clean the living room twice and the kitchen once and then return to the base station or it might just clean the hall nine times. It, it, it It's good, but it's not smart. And that's okay because I didn't want the fancy, fancy one. I don't want it Wi-Fi connected. I didn't want all that nonsense. Mm. I just wanted something that would take the rough edges off the dog hair on the tile floors. And it does that perfectly. And that's, I think it's a real example of you don't need the fanciest thing. You need something that solves the problem. Yep. And for us, it was, we have to hoover every day now with the dog. And that's fine, but it would be easier if we had to hoover every two or three days. And so having the hoover come out and pick up the worst of the dog hair downstairs means that we hoover every three days instead of every day and problem solved i don't need it to map i don't need it to have no-go zones i don't need it to be you know making me a cup of tea and pressing my linens i just need it to do that one thing and it does it really well so it doesn't need to be any better or smarter than it is excellent well ours i think judging by just sort of casual observation of margaret i think ours will be working every day um, <laughs> I, I don't quite know what pro- she's not uh, confident enough to let it work while she's not there yet but I think that will come I did have a moment because we've had a few run-ins with errant things lying on the floor <laughs> so one of them was a power cable which was a bit worrying and that was, that was on me because I left it on the floor mm-hmm. uh, so it's since been moved and that was fine another one was we were both upstairs and you heard that because it beeps once she could beep and then it and it heads off and does its thing so you can normally tell when it happens and it's the same time every day <laughs> so that we were sitting upstairs and beep and it went off and it started hoovering and then you just heard like a beep 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 yeah beep beep and it was oh no what's gone wrong and i came downstairs to find it half having consumed a purple tile and i'm not entirely sure where it got it from it must have been in the the utility room on the floor or something and it had basically sucked up half this tile and then driven over the tile, which then, you know, immobilized one of its wheels. And so it was just spinning, trying to eat a tile in the middle of the hall. <laughs> I was like, ah, right. Yes. Now I can see this would be a problem. And you're not equipped to sort this out. This is a, this is user error and I will have to rectify the situation. So we've had a couple of those, but largely it's fine. I do, there's one area underneath the yellow armchair where it could, if it wanted to, bump enough to knock down a cable. That it could then maybe, if it was determined enough, like suck up and accidentally. I, I, that's the one bit that I was worried about. Maybe it's shorting out or something. Mm. So I just stick the ar- the footstool. I just tip it over and then it can't get under the chair and it can't go back there. So if we're going out, I'll tip the footstool over and then it can bump around every single floor space and downstairs in the house and it's not going to hit anything. And then we're happy enough with that. So it's been on a couple of times when we've been out and it's largely fine. I'm still kind of amazed that it finds its way home because it doesn't have a map it genuinely doesn't what it does is it's looking for i think it's an ir sensor on the top of the base station so it just kind of drives along until it sees the lighthouse and then goes oh there's the house over there and it's it's the 
it seems really inefficient, but it obviously works because it's a small enough space. So it kind of just hoovers until it's done, which is a timer. And once it's done, it will then drive around until it sees this lighthouse and then goes, oh, I'll go and bark up now. <laughs> so it's just, it can end up, sometimes it gets parked up within three minutes of finishing. And sometimes it just trundles along the house for 20 minutes looking for home. <laughs> and you kind of wa- walk past it in the hall going, you okay? Yeah, yeah, just looking for home. All right. I mean, it's behind you, but sure, you do you. <laughs> just, just let it do its thing. Um, it's it's fascinating. And I, I think it's interesting that we have two different levels of, of integration there because we could go all in. One of the things I've thought about is you can get smart blinds, which I think yep. are really cool. Uh, do we need them? Absolutely not. Not even in a million years do we need these. But it would look really cool to press a button and the curtains go and the blinds go and everything goes like a James Bond house. That would be really fun. I don't need it though. I'm trying to convince Meg to let me buy at the very low end of the scale, £85 per curtain uh, mini robots to hang on the curtain pole is not easy to do. Because she's like, no. Remember that bit where you're a grown man and you don't need a robot toy? Yeah, (laughs) that. (laughs) So... I like this stuff and I'll always be drawn to this kind of thing. But the Hoover was an interesting instance where it was like, I don't need the fancy, fancy, fancy one. I just need something to pick up the slack and it does it beautifully. So it was an eye opening moment for me that it, it, it needs to fix the problem, not to be the fanciest toy in the in the toy box. Yeah, no, but immediately when I mentioned to Margaret that we might have a look, she immediately gravitated to the top of the range, do this, do that, do the, do the next thing. Um, <laughs> loved, loved all the marketing, loved all the YouTube videos. Um, and yeah, I'll be honest with you, it goes around and hoovers the house. And um, <laughs> if that means that it's doing it and she can do something else, great, why not? Um, yeah, exactly. They're always, it's, it's to make your life easier. That's the point. Yeah, and it's, of all it's, of this to, get, it's to get the dog hair. That's the, the real killer. Yeah. Which I don't even And I mean, there's other... (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I did. I did. It's very important for me. There's other stuff. Like, we both have the Hoovers. That's great. We're hopefully getting grass in our garden sorted soon. And I have considered a lawnmower. Mm -hmm. Now, that is a different level for me. Because that... The Hoover, I'm like, even in its most enraged state, this Hoover would have a tough time hurting me. Or the dog or Meg. You know, I could trip on it, certainly, but it's not going to come after me with a vengeance. Mm. Even though I'm sure they're filled with all kinds of safety procedures and cutoffs, and if it moves, this happens, and if it's lifted, this happens, and accelerometer, all that jazz. It's still an autonomous spinning death blade. So the, the, the idea of having a lawnmower in the garden that is cutting the grass itself, amazing. Love the idea. Also mildly terrified, because it is a spinning death blade with a mind of its own. So, I don't know, maybe it's just I've seen too many horror films, but once you start equipping them with what could be used as an offensive weapon, it starts being a different equation in my head. And again, I'm not saying that they're, they're, they're going to be hacked or someone's going to use it to hurt someone. It's just the idea of, like, it could potentially go wrong somehow. And it's mostly the dog I worry about, because if he was in the garden and the lawnmower decided to go off, he's an unknown variable in his reaction, and the lawnmower is an unknown variable because I don't know what it's going to do. And that's the stuff that worries me, whereas the Hoover, I'm like, yeah, it might spook him if it comes around the corner and it's there, but he largely just looks at it and goes, mm, yeah, no thanks, and wanders off. It's not going to, and if it bumps him, it's not going to hurt him. So that's where my 
my line is I'd like to think about the, the lawnmower for the garden. And certainly I've spoken to people who have them and they said they're great. And that would be really cool to have some sort of little fleet of robots doing all the, the sort of manual labor on my house. That would be quite exciting to have like a lawnmower robot and a Hoover robot and a window cleaning robot. The window cleaner will not be happy to hear that, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking a pool robot might be on my, uh, mm. um, my sort of agenda. Because that those do exist, don't they? Yeah, they do. And uh, pools, uh, well, they need cleaning. Um, obviously, <laughs> yeah. whatever dust is in the air settles in the water and then goes down. And um, there, you, you use a sort of um, you attach a kind of manual Hoover to the the pump system that filters the pool. Um, mm. And yeah, you know, I mean, I have a, a guy who comes once a week and does that. And then I do it sort of in between. Um, and it's quite meditative, actually. It's quite a nice way to spend half an hour in the sun, except in the summer when half an hour in the sun turns me into a sort of slightly curled up, withered crisp. Um, <laughs> Celt Celtic skin and Mediterranean sun can be a little bit yeah. difficult. Um, so, yeah, something like that quite appeals. But I think with the... Um, there's a sort of escalation, isn't there, as you say, the sort of spinning death blade becomes less of a worry when you've had a, a robotic Hoover for a couple of years. Um, yeah. And when everybody else has got one and, you know, it's just that sort of gradual acceptance of you know, the power of robots being, mm. I suppose, largely benevolent we believe <laughs> although that that does of course take us immediately to the self-driving car question yeah i mean I, again i find the idea fascinating and and strangely i think i have more reservations about a lawnmower than a car when arguably a car could do a lot more damage to a lot more people but i think a self-driving car I, I i don't know i don't i've never obviously been in one but the concept fascinates me and i think it's an interesting a sort of balancing act in my head because I'm acutely aware having driven for a number of years how complicated driving is and I say that not not because driving is like a sweat inducing oh my god I have to, to focus really hard on this people drive and, and have conversations or you know, stupidly use their phones and things like that people drive distractedly mm -hmm. and still manage it but that doesn't mean they're safe and or good at it it just means they're able to do it and there's so many things happening when you're driving from checking that you're indicating to the the traffic to the pedestrians to where you're going to are you in the right lane are you at the right speed there's there's a lot of variables and having done programming recently and started getting into thinking about the logic of programming even trying to conceptualize how you would tell a computer how to drive a car is complicated but i have no doubts that a computer is well well suited and arguably better suited than a human to deal with that kind of input and make a logical decision than a human is. So the idea that I, as a person, I'm supposed to sit in this box and look out the window and go, I've made a decision about how far that car away is away and uh, that I can get this gear changed and this handbrake off and this turn signal engaged and the left turn and pull out and make sure I'm feathering the clutch with the accelerator and do that and check also there's no pedestrians or bikes or things in the other lane and you know, there's a hundred different things happening for me to change lanes or pull out of a junction. And a computer is better suited to do that than I am because a computer can do all of that in one second, whereas I might take 
three seconds to think about half of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as I understand it, and I don't understand much, I'll be honest. Um, the the real the real issue with self driving cars is um, the sort of the transition. If you could one day to the next say, right, nobody now drives; it's all computers. Mm. That would be much much safer than having humans and computers on the same, yeah, uh, on the same roads because a computer might accurately look at the speeds and go, "I'm going to miss that car by at least twenty five centimeters," which might give. Uh, the human in that car a little bit of a coronary because they'd much rather you miss them by two feet. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as you say, the, the unknown variable is the human who suddenly slaps on his brakes mm. for, you know, because he dropped his phone or spilt coffee. Or indeed crotch. the accelerator because they think, well, you're not pulling out in front of me <laughs> yeah. and does the opposite yeah. of what, what a sane person would do. Exactly. So um, that that's the, the big challenge as I understand it, apart from, as you say, the, you know, enormous but doable challenges of of actually mm. making a computer stroke robot that can do all that i've no doubts that it can be done and it has been proven to be done before i have no doubts that in 10 years it'll be very commonplace but as you say it's that we're in a liminal zone of there are not really self-driving cars on roads but there will probably be soon and there will be that transitional period of there are some self-driving cars, there are some people driving cars, and neither of them is well-suited to driving with the other. They're well-suited to driving with the same, but not the other. Yeah. And so having that clash of, not even ethics, but just approach, you know, the, 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 you can program a self-driving car to be very, very conservative and never pull out in front of someone if, if you were even in the realm of being near them in a car. So you'd be very conservative. It could take ages to get anywhere because it's looking for the most safe, furthest distance from every other car option. Or you could have it that is, get me there on time in this, you know, I need to be there in nine minutes. So you go, if it's within the safety tolerance, a, a fraction of a millimeter without hitting, do that. And this is all about how you, you, you design these things. And I'm not qualified or, or I don't understand how to program them, but it's a fascinating approach where we as humans are trying to decide what we want robots to do for us and how we want them to do it. And our own biases and our own shortcomings get programmed in because mm -hmm. we're the ones designing the programs. <laughs> so you're like, do this and do it this way. And it's like, okay, well, we did it this way. Well, that's bad. Oh, yeah, because that's what you told me to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want you to do it that way. <laughs> You know, we we kind of build the thing up to do it our way and then are disappointed when it does the same things as humans. And presumably it, the, the promise of AI is that you, you just tell it the result you want and it works out on its no. own to <laughs> how best to achieve yes. that. And that brings its own slew of problems of is this going to do it in such an esoteric way that we won't even understand why or how? And is that scary if you're like, well, it's driving backwards, but it seems to be doing it very safely. Mm. <laughs> my, I think my head is slightly blown by that. Even, even without a headache, I'm struggling with that concept. But I don't know. I think there's, there's always gradations in this kind of thing where we're at the, the narrow end of the wedge with a robot Hoover. It's easy to buy. It's cheap. It's reasonable. It doesn't 
Nothing's mission critical, right? It's literally just it noodles around the house and sometimes picks up some dog hair. And if it does that and helps you out, happy days, good stuff, that's handy. Whereas a self-driving car is a different kettle of fish in that it is, there's much more capacity for danger or risk to life. Uh, but also it could completely change the way uh, driving jobs exist, if they indeed exist at all. You know, self-driving trucks, things like that, logistics, there's whole entire, you know, job fields that could disappear with self-driving cars and yeah. self-driving vehicles. And so we're, we're talking about robot hoovers, but it, it gets much bigger and much more involved than that, the, the bigger and more involved it gets. But yeah, I read a really interesting article on Wired, which I've linked in the show notes, about um, robots are animals, not people. And the kind of the, the, the kind of idea of how you're treating or, or expecting a robot to do a thing. And the article was really interesting. It was talking about, um, you know, World War II and the Cold War when they were training like dolphins to find mines or, or um, trapped sailors and things like that. And the echolocation that a dolphin has is still more advanced than the best echolocation we can build with technology. And this idea that, that robots are largely replacing the role that animals have. You know, you maybe have like a, um, some sort of service dog in the military or the army. Mm-hmm. You can build a robot to replace that, but you're not necessarily trying to build a robot to replace the person, or at least mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't be. It, it's an interesting conversation. I thought the article was really worth reading. Yeah, I should look that up because that's, that's, that's an interesting point. It makes sense now that you say it. Yeah. But again, I, I find the whole thing fascinating. And when you see videos like Boston Dynamics, who do an awful lot of robot stuff and they have the, the spot the dog a robot, which is like the, the quadruped robot with the arm on the camera. Uh-huh. It's really cool. Have you seen that? It does yeah, the dancing yeah. and all this kind of stuff. It's fascinating. And I watch those videos and I go, this is, this is fantastic. And then they have a, a walking one as well. And there's a couple of different models they have that you can see. But there's sometimes when you watch those videos, there's this sort of uncanny valley moment where you see them move and you're like, that's CGI. And then you watch it back and go, no, it's not. That's legitimately the robot moving. And it seems alien. It's a, it was a strange like hair prickling on the back of my arm kind of sensation of like, ooh, that is... That is not distinctly not human and distinctly strange because it's a human-like motion done in an unhuman way or an inhuman way. And it was just very, very strange because then you're getting into the levels of like, this can run and jump and jog and dance. And that's a very strange thing when you, you consider those actions and those activities, very human things, and then you remove the human from it. It's not like watching a cartoon because it's still real life. And it's kind of imbuing these inanimate objects with human-like qualities, but no personality. And so it's a really strange, like, it, it, it really did tweak my head. And I was like, ooh, I don't know if I like that. I, I think this is fascinating. I, I'm not disputing the, the talent or the, the quality of this, but it's just very odd watching it. Mm, scary stuff. And then the mm. next thing you put in the show notes absolutely terrified me. <laughs> which bit hairdresser a robot <laughs> right. hairdresser <laughs> i only said that because i still need a haircut i still look like snake Pliskin, and i'm rocking that mullet look but 
I think a robotic hairdresser has been done for. Certainly there's a, like a hair cutting machine that's like some combination of vacuum cleaner and scissors. I've seen that before. And I, I was trying to think of, a, of an analogy for two different kinds of process that would be one that you'd maybe not want a robot to be doing just yet and one that'd be like, yeah, well, it doesn't really, that would, that would be fine, I guess. And so hairdresser is one of those things where I'm like, there's an awful lot of trust that you put in a hairdresser or a barber mm. when they come around your head with sharp implements. And, you know, if you go to some barber's razor blades yeah. on, on your neck to do like a close shave, there's an awful lot of trust there. And I'm sure that trust is well earned because they've spent years perfecting their craft and they're very good at what they do. But you're still going, here's this blade, hold it close to my face and move it around very fast. You know, that's That's scary if you're not sure of the person. And I've never felt unsafe at a hairdresser's or a barber's. But if it was connected to a robot arm, I think I might be a little bit more anxious about the outcome because I'm going, well, do you know where my head is? And do you know where it should be and where that arm shouldn't be? Because if you make any kind of miscalculation, which I've done plenty of times with computers, then you're going to go, well, I need to put these scissors from this side of your head to the other side. And if you take a shortcut through the spot where my head is, I'm not going to be very happy about it. And that's the kind of scenario where I'm like, you really need to work those kinks out if you're making a robotic hairdresser, because that's the kind of thing that could really you know, upset someone's day. <laughs> oh, I should go, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're a way off that particular role. But, uh, well, there's robotic bartenders, but yeah, the other one was like, okay, what about um, laying bricks or building houses? and one of the really interesting things I've seen recently, it's not really a robot. I can't, it kind of is, but I guess it's maybe not, depending on your definition, is uh, large format 3D printers. Have you seen anything about this? Uh, I've seen one or two things, but nothing yeah. specific. So you can essentially make like a, a mortar kind of uh, cement mix and then with a giant 3D printer on a gantry, print the outline of a house in successive layers. And then this is all computer controlled. It's drawing a model and it gradually gets smaller and smaller, like a like an igloo kind of shape. And it can just sort of print round and round and round and just print a house. And that's the kind of thing where you're thinking, well, yeah, a robot should do that because uh, I as a human can control how much I'm pouring or where I'm pouring it or if it's accurate, if it's on this. And that's a nightmare to do as a human being, but as a robot is really straightforward. Mm. And you're like, that's the kind of thing I want you to be handling. Leave the scissors down. Here's a bucket of cement. Go to town. Yeah, I mean, it's like the um, the farming stuff that they do at the moment. Mm, you know, where you yeah. have those, those automated sort of super-duper tractor machines that do everything. Yeah. And it's, it's satellite-controlled, and the satellite image shows where more nitrogen is needed, where more sulfides yes. are needed, and it just automatically does it. I think, I think they occasionally let the farmer sort of sit in the cabin to feel important, but <laughs> essentially... <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's no human interaction at all. It's it's done by mm. the satellite and the machine. Okay. And that's brilliant. That's a really, really useful and beneficial use of the technology. I think there's just there's always going to be a hesitation. As human beings, we're always hesitant to let certain parts of what we do or what we let other people do be done by inanimate objects. Yeah. And I and think that's risk, natural. It? It's risk. Yeah, as you say, where where a miscalculation means that that field won't produce as much wheat. That's not quite as bad as it sticking scissors through your head. 
yeah. maybe there are very very safe uh, robotic hairdressers i just don't know of them but um <laughs> Do you go first tj <laughs> i think i'll just cut my own hair after that that's the that's the choice and uh yeah it, it's it's that kind of like thing that we do as human beings which is we personalize robots and we personalize inanimate objects like our devices and our phones and our, our laptops we we make them human or we give them human-like traits and then we're shocked when they don't work the way we want them to or they they have a hiccup or they don't you know, quite live up to our expectations and we get annoyed with them and it's we we treat them like human beings and then are surprised when they sometimes act like human beings and you know get things wrong or do things not quite right you think ah you're supposed to be perfect you can't be you know you can't be treated like a person and treated like a robot simultaneously you gotta pick one well i don't know i mean i I think carruthers has got certain elements that that appeal and other times he's just an infuriating bag of spanners (laughs) i did have one the other day that was very disarming and it was the the google home and part of the reason i'm replacing at least one of my Google Homes with a Siri is that I want something A, that works better with my phone, but B, is a bit more privacy concern and C, that just mm. kind of works better. And I know that there's reservations with all of them and you'll be probably be the first person to tell me that Siri is not any better than Google Home, but the Google Home I've had a lot of hassle with recently and it could be because I've turned off certain functionality of, of it, but it's it just, it barely hears me anymore. Mm. And when I do say stuff, it'll just get things completely wrong. Or it'll you'll ask it to play a certain track by a certain artist on Spotify. And I'll go, yeah, cool. And then list a different artist and try and play it on YouTube. And you're like, it's not even close. Like, I, I'd understand if you got slightly close, but not quite. But this is just, you know, I've asked for Kesha. I probably wouldn't ask for Kesha, but it's, I've asked for Kesha. And you've given me Frank Sinatra on YouTube. <laughs> and you think, that's not quite, that, that's not, you know, in the ballpark. You, this is just wrong. I remember it was a couple of weeks ago. I'd basically asked it to play something and it hadn't worked. And then I'd asked it to play the same thing again, but but more clearly and slowly. And it had got it wrong again. And then it just started playing this music obnoxiously loud. And I was like, Google, shut up. You're rubbish. And it kind of went, oh, I'd appreciate it if you don't talk to me like that. <laughs> and it was this kind of like, oh, right. Oh, <laughs> oh, I suddenly feel bad. I don't like this. Mm. No, 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 no. I'm unplugging this. This is... And it, it immediately made me think of it like a person. And I appreciate that it, it's not constructive to tell it's rubbish, but it was a frustration <laughs> thing. Sure, it was. But, but being shown that you're being unreasonable, it was very much like, oh, no, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't need that. I've got a wife. It does that <laughs> well i would never talk to a person like this it's only because i know it's it's just an algorithm that i'm speaking to but all of a sudden it was like well i'm now i'm on the bad books oh <laughs> when the inevitable robot uprising happens i'm going to be in the bad books oh dear google you're ever so lovely would you ever uh maybe turn the lights on for me please pretty please well i mean with changing to to um apples then what well, she'll hear you I mean, she'll hear you from about four miles away, but <laughs> uh, she'll still come out with all sorts of weird and wacky interpretations. I suppose about <laughs> one day in four, one day in five, when I say, uh, hey, dingus, play the news. Um, most of the time I get the news from the BBC, which is what I'm looking for. 
But every now and again, I get a rap song or uh, playing something. Huey Lewis and the news. Well, I, that I would understand. Um, but, <laughs> but whatever the link is, it's it's a bit like the yeah. one you described. I'm thinking, oh, I can't see which word is no. no <laughs> what is it? The seven, um, seven layers of abstract. I can't remember the term that you can basically get from. Oh, what's the thing? Six degrees of separation. Forgotten. That's it. Yeah, seven layers of something. I was trying to go with, but yeah, six. <laughs> the dog's barking. Yeah. Uh, six degrees of separation, and it's like. How did you get from here to there? Yeah. What was your logic? And exactly. I want to know because I'm curious now. Says that, and and Apple is having some sort of, um, I don't know, Bluetooth communication that's in its updates. It's something odd is going on, and the the more <laughs> Apple stuff that you have, the more confused everything gets. <laughs> There's some sort of confusion bluetooth mesh network going on yeah you know using airplay too to to play podcasts you know that i can be i can be sitting in my office and suddenly margaret gets blasted by some apple podcast in the kitchen you know, just stay stay it's doing it again <laughs> shouting at me He's talking about colored imax what's going on um, that type of thing but yeah I, I dare say they will continue to iterate and they will continue to get better um, mm. It's and you know I'm not going to go down this tangent now, but it's one we've discussed before. If it's 99% good or 75% good, it's still crap. We 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 have such a high <laughs> sort of threshold. Yeah, it needs to work perfectly every time in every scenario with every single permutation of anything I could think of, or else yeah. it's rubbish. Exactly, and um, it's very difficult to remain objective, particularly as you say when you get frustrated. <laughs> I'll never back chat a digital assistant ever again. Put me in my place. Well, there you go. Your lesson has been learnt. Mm, absolutely. So what, are you going to go and get a full uh, contingent of um, robotic assistants? Well, I mean, I've got my, my, my pods. I've got my pods. Um, I've got my <laughs> little pod upstairs. Um, so I'm not sure I'm going to go and buy any more. I'm, I'm just going to see how much better they get. What about uh, smart lights and smart shutters and smart blinds well, I do, in the horizon? Um, uh, we have the old-fashioned timers. So they're like big things that you put between the socket and the, and the plug. Yeah. Where um, they, you can hear them going through the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Margaret uses them to... Uh, you know, have the lights come on when we're out and um, just generally give a give an illusion of security. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I might, I, I, because I was putting these fancy uh, extenders, uh, extensions that don't lie on the floor, I was putting those up. She's going, oh, I'll just plug this in. I said, well, if you plug that in, that covers up three sockets because it's enormous <laughs> um I'll, I'll just buy us a couple of smart light bulbs and then we can control it from our phone you can do that yes if the internet's working and the internet can be a bit patchy <laughs> here but yeah um, hold hold a finger up and you're like hmm southeasterly not having lights today i'm afraid but but that has reminded me that that uh, brace yourself tj 
uh, we, we are now, well, we're more than halfway through April. Um, in May, I'm getting one gigabit fiber broadband. Really? Oh, yes. Wow. I had a look. Funny enough, I got a, I got a quote for getting it on our house the other day. Um, it was a little more than I wanted to pay a month, but it, it's doable. But that for you, that that's like going from posting letters to basically having someone <laughs> satellite connecting your house with mine. Yeah, it's uh, it's very very exciting, and you can see the work going on sort of in various parts of the village. You can see them putting uh, stuff in, and they they said it will be sometime in May, and it looks like they're going to hit it. Very exciting. Mm. Um, what are you going to do with all this new bandwidth? Uh, smart light bulbs, probably. <laughs> oh, it's, I, we can get you home, set up a home kit uh, I can spend the same amount of money I've already spent again on home kit compatible stuff and we can go on this adventure together exactly we can do all of that and then go yeah but there was a power cut <laughs> <laughs> so it all Please stopped turn off the lights I just want to sleep sorry would you like to hear a lullaby <laughs> I've turned all the lights up <laughs> oh dear I've been Stu Lennon and I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was a robotic enthusiast episode of 1857. <laughs>